Counter the latest internet sensation. I can dance, I can talk. People are banging on the door. This is going to be a game changer. Yeah, it's strange. Six. They're going to pay for the wall. One week at a time. <laughs> the ribble wobble, ribble wobble, jelly on a plate. Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all the Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. What about last night? The Cats winning two points over Hawthorne at the MCG in a massive final. And let's face it, wherever you are this morning, whatever you're doing, whether you're motoring through Mount Waverley or sitting down to a macchiato by the Maribyrnong, everybody is going to be talking about this game. Let's reflect. Bradley Hill, look at the leg speed, takes on Zach Smith and Bradley Hill kicks the Hawks' first goal. Oh! oh! Rioli! Blitzars, chance for the Cats, picked up by Blitzars, and they get three in a row. Gunston to Bruce, big goal Hawthorne. Big moment for Rioli, he normally just gets the job done in the big moments and he does it again. The Hawks are back in front. Danger picked it up, Guthrie around the body, and the Cats, they're back in front again. Wants to handball forward for Burgoyne, why wouldn't you? Lines up the champ and does what he does best. This is a superstar. From downtown, Sean Burgoyne's given the Hawks back the lead. Pokes it inside 50, Caddy all on his own. They've got to go and stand on the mark. He's going to walk in, Caddy, and kick a goal. So the Cats are back out to a one-point lead. We've got another lead change. Isaac Smith! Oh, no! Seven seconds left. No. We'll kick after the siren. Oh, no. Oh. There it is. Oh, this is ridiculous. It was always going to end this way to win the Hawks the game and deliver them a prelim final. Isaac Smith has missed it. The Cats have won this game of footy. Where do you begin with that? What an incredible evening. And there is an old boxing expression, styles make fights. And last night we got a thrilling contest from a side that had 72 more uncontested possessions than its opponent in Hawthorne. And another team that had 52 extra contested possessions than their opponent in Geelong. This is a side that has beautiful foot skills that can control the footy if you let them in the Hawks. And a down and dirty contested footy side led by the likes of Joel Selwood and Patrick Dangerfield in the Cats. So much to talk about that game. By the way, Paul Puopolo Specky was better than Sil Rioli's. That's the end of it right now. I don't want to hear it. Poppy's mark was better the way he bowled it and controlled it rather than a little springboard from Cyril. End of story. Here it is, if you didn't make it to the end of the footy last night. Hawthorne will play the Western Bulldogs next week in a sudden death final, likely to be Friday night at the MCG, whereas the Cats, they're through to a prelim. They get the express coast path and get a week off too to rest up and get the likes of Lockie Henderson fit and firing and back into that team. It all boiled down to the last kick of the night. Isaac Smith took a mark inside 50. The siren blew and he went back. And as you can understand, with all the pressure swirling in that scenario, the shot was hooked. He missed the Cats win. Alistair Clarkson, after the game, of course, asked, what do you say to a player in that position? And here's what he said. Chin up, mate. What can you do about it? You know, he's been a great player for us. And, um, you know, I can remember... Him kicking a 65-metre goal in a grand final against Freo and um, been pretty happy with that one. He misses this one. Yeah, he's, he's disappointed and we're all disappointed, but geez, he's been a, been a ripper for us. So um, keep your chin up, mate. Let's get into it next week. And they certainly will. And while I don't want to take sides in this, there's a perception out there across this city 
that when this final rolls around next weekend, the Hawks and the Dogs, that the way Melbourne, the majority of Melbourne may well see this game is a battle between the Dogs, a.k.a. good. Taking on Hawthorne, a.k.a. the Evil Empire. It's good versus evil, Melbourne. You know it's true. Who's going to win it? At Seb Costello 9. Send us a tweet. Deb at Mad Pie Deb says, so true. Go the Western Bulldogs. Hashtag good versus evil. Whereas Sport and Leisure has sent in, it's the best, meaning the Hawks. Hard to argue with that. It's the best versus the Doggies. And the haters can go and get stuffed, <laughs> says Sport and Leisure. Go the mighty fighting Hawks. Hashtag jealousy. Keep the tweets coming in throughout the morning. In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the Weekend Breakfast's Glittering Galaxy of Sport. And don't the kids love it? Here's a sport we've all heard of because it's provided us with some of the champions of our game, like Jim Steins. But do we really know how it's actually played? Gaelic football I want to take a look at today. And the Secretary of Gaelic Football Victoria is on the line. G'day, Thomas Farry. Good morning. How are you? Mate, I love to hear the Irish accent so early in the morning. All right, give us the idiot's guide to Gaelic football. Right. Played on a rectangular pitch, like like a rugby pitch or soccer pitch. 15 players aside on the field. And then you've got your subs, which we use as interchange, same as you do in the AFL. Uh, scores are basically, there's a, there's a goal with a net on it. So a score that goes into the back of the net is equal to three points. And, a, and the ball goes over the bar, it's equal to one point. And is, is there behind posts like we have? No, no behind posts. Okay. And there's always a lot made of the contact issue when the international rules comes around. I mean, Gaelic is a physical sport, but is there tackling? Not as you have in the AFL. They have done their best to take all this tackling out of it. So what can you actually do to try and uh, strip your opponent of possession? When a player is in possession of the ball, he's allowed to take a maximum of four steps, and then he has either got to bounce the ball or he has to solo tap the ball, which is basically just drop it onto his foot and back up to himself again. That gives you the opportunity to go and snap the ball up from his position, or his possession. I like it. I remember being in Bondi once. I was just up there on a holiday. It must have been around September, October, and going to an Irish pub down there, which was just full of Gaelic athletes who were celebrating the end of a sporting competition. Is there some sort of annual comp that you guys put together? Yes, there's the Australasian Championships, which gets played annually in different states. This year it's going to be in Brisbane. And that's played the last weekend in September. So this year, starting on Tuesday, the 27th of September, and it, the final is going to be, out of all days, the day of the grand final, which is the 1st of October. <laughs> so there's two big football games in Australia on the 1st of October. Yes, indeed. Uh, there you go. We're talking to Thomas Fari from the Gaelic Football Association of Victoria. And now, Thomas, you might be able to help us out too. For about 12 months now, 
I've been listening over and over again to Connor McKenna, who's a rookie on the Essendon football list, or was, and had an interview not so long ago at the Draft Combine. And I'm still not clear on what he's actually saying. Can you translate this for me? Yeah, it was good. Uh, the coach took me in yesterday at about 3 o'clock after training. Just sort of, core has been working all year, so he just said, congratulations, you're playing against Richmond this week. So, it's just good to get it wrong, eh? Did you catch that? Yes, I did. Could you repeat it? <laughs> mate, it's probably I've just... been in Australia too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, good luck. Uh, good luck for the finals coming up. It's terrific to chat to you, and uh, of course, we've all got a real affection for Gaelic football players, given uh, given the relationship between the two great codes. All the best. Okay, thank you. Now let's get serious. We've been following this story closely, as the whole country has. It's the highest profile missing persons case in Australia at the moment, and it revolves around Karen Rostevsky, the mother from Avondale Heights, who was last seen leaving her home at the end of June. This week, police were reportedly in possession of some new CCTV, which showed a vehicle that looked like Karen's leaving the house or moving away from the house, but apparently the footage was too grainy to see who was driving and whether there was a passenger. Well, I'll read from The Australian this morning who have published comments by Stephen Williams, who is the brother of Karen Rostevsky. We're yet to see this man appear publicly, but as I say, he is the missing woman's mother and he has made a Facebook post, brother, sorry, the missing woman's brother, and he has made a Facebook post where he has defended Karen Rostevsky's husband, Boris. He says, I worked with him for 10 plus years. We've had heated disagreements like all family members do but consider us to be close. For those also wondering, I catch up with him weekly and have done for the last two months. And I guess the backdrop to that is that Boris Rostevsky has been interviewed by police. He's been asked at press conferences whether he had any involvement in the disappearance. And this is clearly a defence of Boris by his brother-in-law, Stephen Williams, uh, the brother of Karen Rostevsky. So we'll be watching that. I also note that police have put out a statement just uh, asking for calmness. They say in this uh, Victoria Police request they be permitted to continue the investigation without further speculation. That could be detrimental to the investigation. So we'll leave that alone. Suffice to say that Mr Williams put this post out publicly so people could see it. So we'll report that because uh, you deserve to know what's going on. And we all just want to know what's going on and hope for a safe return if, if that's possible. Now, Hyphen, who pushes the buttons for this program, yes. I don't know if you were listening closely to that break, but there is a very important message that I just want to replay. Have a listen to this. Oh, yeah. Triple M's weekend breakfast host, Seb Costello, is a mad keen green thumb. Gets all his gardening equipment, same place as the pros. Husqvarna, ready when you are. That's the voice of Jay Mueller, who produces the weekend breakfast, who has never told a lie in his life, and there is him making it clear that I am more comfortable in the garden than Don Burke. Well, all that said is that you buy the equipment from the right place. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. No doubt you'd buy the equipment. It probably is part of his job description to say that as oh, well. Oh, now that's unfair. Let me tell you about I, Husqvarna. I, I reckon you'd buy all the equipment, but it'd be in your garage in boxes. Well, the great Husqvarna, ready when you are, you know, they were the first to put an auto mower on the market back in 1995. Really? And the latest Husqvarna auto mower range can manage 6,000 square metres of lawn. This is a robotic mower hyphen that takes the work away from you. Right, that sounds more like you. Yeah, that sounds perfectly. <laughs> Very good morning to Don Burke. That may be his first uh, name check on Triple M for about 25 years. Let's have a chat about the football because next week it is going to be Hawthorne and the Western Bulldogs in Melbourne in a sudden death final. I've already called it. 
I'm not putting this out there, but there are some who are definitely going to see this as a battle versus good and evil. Good versus evil. The dogs, of course, being the good. And the hawks being the evil. Now, I want to pose a question out there. One triple three five three. Given Hawthorne have won the last three, is it incumbent on every Victorian who doesn't barrack for the Hawks to support the Western Bulldogs next weekend? And for a totally impartial view on this, we go to one of Melbourne's funniest men who also happens to write the banners for the Western Bulldogs Football Club. It is a very good morning to Danny McGinley. Good morning, Seb. Yes, it is a moral duty for everyone <laughs> to get behind the dogs. An oblig- uh, a civic obligation, if you will. It is, yeah, you couldn't have put it better. It is good versus evil. It's for anyone, and Seb, you're of the generation who would have grown up watching uh, the greatest sports movie of all time, The Mighty Duck. Yes, yeah, uh, unparalleled. Uh, absolutely. And this is, it's, it's eerie how much the seasons, oh, uh, uh, how much this is parallel. Because, uh, you know, you've got the evil Hawks, you know, and mm. they, they knocked out our best player, injured him, Bob Murphy, round three. Let's <laughs> Adam start, Banks. You know, they'll pretend it was an accident. Oh, no, this was vindictive. Yes. This and is now very he'll much... be watching from the sidelines as, as our little ragtag group of heroes takes them on. How about that? And this sort of, uh, you know, this kind of uh, coach comes in to change everything, That's a.k.a. Right, yeah. Gordon Bombay Beverage. That's the one. <laughs> we just need it. So, so if only Bevo played for the Hawks and might miss the goal for them or something. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's that's yes. all right. You can't, you can't have everything. You can't that's have right. everything. Mate, this is absolutely right. I mean, that's the pitch, isn't it? This, this is. Is, yeah, you like, called it, this at the start of the year too, didn't you? There was some history lesson I seem to recall. That, you oh know, no, yeah, that's right. This is um, well, it's actually Will Anderson. Okay. Uh, he's, it's his sixty-one-sixteen theory, uh, where yeah, the Bulldogs lost to the Hawks in nineteen sixty-one, and since then the Dogs have never made another grand final, as the Hawks have pretty much won every single one. And now we're going to meet in the reverse of those numbers, and it's it's going to be a sliding doors moment. Now the dogs <laughs> will become the wonderful, happy team, and and those Hawks fans from the eastern suburbs will have to find something else to do with their days rather than <laughs> posting Facebook memes and constantly reminding us that they've been premiers for a thousand days. <laughs> Mate, it is the social media that grinds on you after three years. I have to be. It I'm really trying to stay is. impartial here, but seeing oh. those you know gloating comments on Facebook for three years now has been difficult. It's it's and it really it's it's surprising you know you, you my friends who support Hawthorne are really good guys in person yes. but then something about Facebook just turns them into <laughs> horrible yeah empire evil things yeah yeah I, I like getting the imperial death march going too at quarter to eight on a yeah, Saturday morning that's I like the way the Indiana Jones theme as well <laughs> that's, uh, that really suits Bond and Pally I'm we're, picturing here. we're gonna have to find some mighty ducks now too all right Danny McGinley a pleasure to talk to you we're going to take some calls off the back of this too one triple three five three is it every Victorian's duty if you don't support Hawthorne to support the dogs next weekend and mate the final word will go to you of course uh, well, of course, yeah. Well, I'll be one hundred percent behind the dogs, and let's. But also, let's not just go straight to next week. Let's think about how awesome it was last night for those of us who don't like Hawthorne. The only way it could have been more perfect was if Sam Mitchell had missed that goal. <laughs> <laughs> Danny McGinley, good to chat. Good to chat, Seb. Go dogs. I'm trying to stay impartial here, but the Cats have defeated the Hawks last night, which means next week's final is sudden death between Hawthorne and the Western Bulldogs. And it's just a simple question. Is it incumbent on every non-Hawthorne-supporting Victorian to barrack for the dogs next week? Good morning, Paul. Morning, guys. I would have to say absolutely. <laughs> so, um, 
if you any if you go for anyone other than Hawthorne, you should be barracking for the dogs. Now, my wife's a Richmond supporter and was born in 1979, and basically she had a, a Hawthorne supporter that had an audacity to come up to her and said, it's so hard being a Hawthorne supporter, having to come up with the money for all these finals. Oh, yeah. And she turned around and said, hard? The last 30 years we haven't even won a flag. I died of being in your position. Don't talk to me about being hard. Oh, no. Mate, hats off to the missus. Good on her. I've got some uh, tickets for you and two mates to go to the Carlton Draft front bar at the MCG on grand final day. It's the next best thing to being at the game, but uh, enjoy those, Paul. Awesome. Fantastic. Unreal. Awesome, mate. Hang on the line there. Let's go to Nick in Cranbourne. Who's your footy team, Nick, usually? Morning, Seb. I'm a mad-ass Collingwood supporter. Magnificent. And so um, I ask the question, is it incumbent on non-Hawthorne Victorians to barrack for the Dogs next week? Oh, of course, and I think all Collingwood supporters, we're nuts if we don't uh, flog Hawthorne. We can't have, We relied on Port Adelaide back in, uh, what was it, 04. We've got to protect the heritage of uh, being the only club with and top of the tree, mate, with four in a row. Ah, uh, the, uh, the McHale machine. Oh, we, we've got to protect that. We, uh, we let ourselves down two weeks ago by one point, and we're relying on the doggies to do the job for us. Absolutely, mate. Thank you for your call, Nick. We'll keep this going on Twitter at SebCostello9. We get behind Aussies who are doing big things on the world stage on this program, and one who announced himself earlier in the year at the Dutch MotoGP was Jack Miller, who rode his way to victory. It was a huge achievement, put a smile on everybody's face. And joining us on the program, as she's going to do in a semi-regular fashion over the next few weeks, the rest of the MotoGP season at least as we lead into Phillip Island, is Jack's mum. Morning, Sonia Miller. Good morning, how are you? What are the nerves like when he's riding that bike around the track at high speed? Well, I'm absolutely pathetic and I'm trying to find ways of dealing with it. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then especially if they have like a wet warm-up and then it's going to be a mixed race, that's like my biggest nightmare ever. Because I, th- I think you start to get a little bit of expectation and hope when it's like that because it just evens out the bike a little bit more. And, um, yeah, no, for me, my nerves are not good. And, <laughs> and, and I thought after all these years, I just all I want to be is one of those mums that's like, yeah, yeah, I can watch everything. But, no, I'm absolutely pathetic. I sort of run around the house and try and find things to occupy myself. But it's a long, long 40 minutes. We're talking to Sonia Miller, the mother of Jack Miller, Australia's star MotoGP rider, won the Dutch MotoGP earlier in the year. When he does come home, when he does come home, what's his favourite meal for you to cook up? Well, he he sort of changed his diet completely. So he's very basic with what he eats because he watches his weight all the time. Right. So, yeah, mostly he just has like chicken... Caesar salads. That, that's like his favourite thing, but he's very <laughs> consistent with what he eats. He's very fussy. Like he's not fussy, but he likes what he likes, and that's that sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have to go to too many problems cooking for him, which is really good. <laughs> that's it. The pressure's off in that department. Absolutely. How, how much time does he actually get to spend at home? Um, not a lot, really. Like um, sort of over cr- the Christmas break, he'll come home and um, spend a bit of time here, which is really, really lovely. But during the year, not so much. We're hoping maybe he might come home for the for the break before Japan, but that's just it's all just wait and see with him and, and what his schedules are with um, other media things and 
um, you know, promotions and things that he has to do. So it's very limited. So we try and go over there a couple of times a year and get to see some of the racing, which is really nice if we can get a chance to do that. Does he do the right thing and ring mum and dad regularly at least? Well, it's sporadic. It's sporadic. <laughs> he's a typical, typical teenage, well, he's not teenage anymore, typical boy yeah. in the you know, mum and dad department. I seem to do more messaging and get no replies. But sort of on race weekends, I like to leave him alone because he is at work. Mm. And I do appreciate that. And I know he's in a different space than what we are. So I, I do like to, I've got people I can contact if he does have an accident, um, just to make sure immediately that he's okay and there's nothing too stressful. So I'm lucky in that department. There's a couple of guys that I can contact, which is really good. I think all mums do that. And it takes a while for us blokes to figure out that mum has spies. Whether exactly. it's teachers or other mothers, <laughs> everything gets back to mum. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's no secrets in his life. No, absolutely not. So, uh, yeah, Sam Marino, the next round this weekend, wishing him all the best there. And then uh, Phillip Island, not too far away at the end of October as well, which uh, great track, our local track here in Melbourne, of course. Will you get Can't down wait. for that? Yep, absolutely. I yeah. think we've got 31 people that are coming with us. So <laughs> yes. It's all happening. And, oh, that, that's 31 that have bought hospitality and then um, a heap of Jack's friends are going separately. So, yeah, so there's, a, there's a big crowd. Magnificent. Well, we look forward to uh, talking to you over the next few uh, weeks and rounds, Sonia, and uh, getting a few insights into Jack and no doubt all the sacrifices uh, you and uh, Peter made as he grew into uh, being this uh, you know world-class calibre rider that he is. Sonia Miller, Thanks. mother of Jack Miller, great to chat. Thanks. Thanks very much. Look forward to talking to you again. All anybody's talking about this morning is that final. Isaac Smith with a kick after the siren to win the game, hooks the shot, and the Cats come out successful over Hawthorne. A pretty pumped-up Chris Scott addressed the media after the game. It's almost as good as footy gets, isn't it? Um, I mean, I feel for, for Isaac, it's a horrible situation to be in. I think um, off the boot, he probably thought it looked pretty good as well. So um, yeah, in the moment, you're not commiserating um, with them, but... We certainly do feel for them. Um, and it was just, the game was just such a, it was typical of a final. It was a real, um, a contrast of styles, but still really, um, really fierce. Coming up, we'll speak to a Hawthorne Premiership player about why Geelong won that game. I speak, of course, of Campbell Brown. Clearly, he's a colourful guy. He certainly is. He's also a beloved member of Triple M Footy. That's next. Let's go to a man who wore the brown and gold stripes with distinguished conduct. His name is Campbell Brown. Morning, Brownie. Morning, Seb. How are you? Mate, exceptional. Exciting game of football last night. How are you feeling, though, uh, after the side which you represented just got pipped after the siren? Oh, I was a little bit flat, but uh, I just stood back in awe and watched just one of the, the most epic contests that you could possibly wish for. I don't go to the many games where I'm purely just a spectator, and uh, I did last night, and what a game. Like Even in your wildest dreams, you knew it would be good, but you couldn't have imagined it would be that good. It just delivered. Al Clarkson, you know him quite well, having played so many games for him. Here's what he had to say uh, about the result after the game. I said to the players, if you're going to lose a final, this is the one to lose. Uh, all the rest of them don't give you any second chance. So um, we went down this path last year and we'll have to go down that path again where um, we set ourselves for a big game against the Bulldogs next Friday night, I think it'll be. So, um, yeah, disappointing, but uh, philosophical. We had, we had our chances throughout the course of the night. Um, so, so did the Cats. Comes down to the comes down to the last kick. So um, could quite easily have been us victorious and them licking their wounds. Now, I know Clarko as an observer, Brownie, 
He likes to win. But Al Clarkson ever really have said to his group, oh, well, that's the final to lose? <laughs> yeah, he sounds fairly measured and considered there, but I think behind closed doors. Look, they've been pulling a, a rabbit out of their hat all year in close games. They've won six uh, and hadn't lost any up until last night. So um, they were probably due to lose one. You just run out of luck. And I thought that they were the better side throughout the course of the night. And when they got out to a 17-point lead in that third quarter, I almost thought the game was was done and dusted. But to Geelong's credit, they just kept finding a way back into it and they'd just kick a goal when they needed it. And I thought Link McCarthy's two goals in a row in the third quarter were, were crucial. And then you know, Josh Caddy, obviously, in the last quarter. So um, you can't take anything away from the Cats. They, they were, they, I didn't think they played their best football but they certainly uh, got the job done last night. And I think when the rain stopped them and it ended up being a fairly nice night last night, that, that certainly helped the Cats a little bit more. From the get-go, there was a target for the Geelong perspective. They were going after Sam Mitchell, and a lot of players were knocking him around and uh, making sure he earned it and knew it was a final. Mitch has had to deal with this his whole career. Did his teammates fly the flag and protect him as much as you would have liked? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was really physical, actually. It's the first time I've really seen a side go after Mitch with such vigour. Huh? Yeah. You talk about it in, in, in pre-game meetings and you, you give someone the tagging role and quite often you might do it for the first 10 or 15 minutes when, when you're up and about and it's fresh in your mind. But they continued that onslaught onto him right throughout the game and, and it's, it's full credit to them. It didn't, I don't think it worked. It, it nullified his influence a little bit, but he still had huge numbers. Um, and, and the same was said about Paddy Dangerford. You just cannot stop those guys getting the ball, but it's it's the damage that they do with the ball. So um, there's no doubt that that was a, a team effort on Geelong's part, and um, they'd be relatively happy with, uh, with how they went. Now, mate, given that this now sets up a Hawthorne Western Bulldogs final next week, we had a chat to a great doggies man, comedian Danny McGinley, and he pitched his Western Bulldogs as the Mighty Ducks from the ice hockey movie about 20 years ago. It's got me thinking, if the Hawks were a movie sports franchise, who would they be? And I've had a few nominations. Some have said the Monstars from Space Jam, who took on Michael Jordan's Looney Tunes team. Some have said the Globo Jim Dodgeball team, led by Ben Stiller in Dodgeball. And others have gone with the Unstoppables, the Unbeatables, that is the documentaries that were made on Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. Which do you reckon sums them up best? I, I would say that the Chicago Bulls have <laughs> got to go through Chicago don't you, to, to win a premiership. And um, that's what all the sides will have to do now, or the doggies, certainly. But I love the, the doggies have very much become my second favourite. Really? The spirit that they play with, I think, is just superb. And I even tweeted last uh, on Thursday night that sign me up for a Western Bulldogs membership next year. <laughs> that's how much. I have enjoyed watching them go about it in the last 12 months. They just overcome adversity. And I'm, look, I'll, I'll always break for the Hawks, but I'm right on board the Western Bulldogs train. Fantastic, mate. Well, good to chat to you. Have a great weekend. You too. See you soon. Earlier this morning, we spoke to Danny McGinley, the comedian, who's a big Western Bulldog. And he says that his side this year is kind of like the Mighty Ducks from the ice hockey movie in that they're a bunch of battlers who have to beat the Hawks to ultimately get to the championship. We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. That's right. And just when you think they're about to break apart, ducks Ducks fly fly together. together. Yeah.
when the wind blows hard and the sky is black. Stay with me. You beauty. And when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning circles in the pasture. Ducks fly together. Anyway, we then had Campbell Brown on who said his side, Hawthorne, reminds him of the documentaries on the Chicago Bulls team of Michael Jordan's era. So that's unbeatable, unstoppable. What film best sums up your club? Travis, who's your team? Yeah, Richmond. So what movie best sums up the Tigers? It's got to be Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it has been a long, hard road for you, Tiger fans. It sure has. Does that make Damien Hardwick Jim Carey? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, appreciate the call. I've got, I know the Tigers won't be there, but I've got some tickets for you and two mates to the Carlton Draft front bar at the MCG on grand final day. It's the next best thing to being at the game. They're all yours. Awesome. Thank you. We're keeping this going on Twitter, and in fact, Chris has suggested another film for the Tigers. He says it would have to be Bad News Bears, and that's probably right too. Uh, we've got this from Steve who says Colling- <laughs> Collingwood would be the longest yard. That's the movie with Adam Sandler about the football team made up of prisoners. Okay. At Seb Costello Even 9. Even didn't hear oh. that. What movie best sums up your footy club? Josh at Seaford. Who's your team, Josh? Geelong. And what would the cats be if they were a movie? Moneyball. Oh, good call. Explain, please. Yeah, it's, just, uh, it's a Brad Pitt movie about a bunch of baseballers that he fits together in a team to... Try and fashion out a championship. I like it. So we've got, you know, Zach Smith coming in. We've got the uh, the steeplechaser and Blitzarves who becomes a gun. Is that sort of what you're going for? Yeah, absolutely. Lockie Henderson. Yes. Very nice. I like it. Let's go to Deborah. Who's your team, Deborah? Hi. Hi, Seth. I'm a proud Western Bulldog. Oh, come on, doggies. <laughs> and I think uh, the movie that best sums us up would be Miracle about the Austra- the American ice hockey team with <laughs> Kurt Russell. I like <laughs> it. Can they pull off a miracle next week against the Hawks? I certainly hope so. The Hawks have had their fair share. It's our time now. Deborah, I want to run this one by you too. I've got a tweet. Who It's from Brad, and he says, Richmond is best summed up by this movie. They are a bit like the Titanic, the Tigers, Deborah. Yes, they they all sunk in the end, unfortunately. <laughs> Good on you, Deborah. Thanks for the call. Ready. A bounce, a right banana. The biggest high-flying act you've ever seen in your life. Hey. Come on, mate. Follow me. Follow me to the bench. This is Brian Taylor. Looks like I'm the only one to win a Coleman and be in a film. And this... Is Bristles missing? Take your flags, stick them you know where. Been voted multiple times the best AFL caller on radio. Good morning, Brian. Hello, uh, Seb. <laughs> yeah, that's, Sorry, mate. Thanks for remembering my name, mate. It's good, it's good to chat. <laughs> no, no, I was, uh, Tanya was talking to me and I <laughs> didn't quite get it. Are we on yet? Uh, yeah, mate, we're on here now, right. mate. Uh, and uh, I wanted to talk, we've been discussing about movies and which movies sum up which footy clubs. And someone suggested, back in the late 80s, of course, you were the marquee draw for the Collingwood Football Club. Oh, yeah. And it has been suggested that Collingwood is best summed up by The Longest Yard, which is a movie with Adam Sandler about a team of uh, a football team made up of prisoners. 
Yeah, I don't think so. We had a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough old team that had had a few exes uh, against their name, but uh, I don't think you could have uh, referred to us as that. But I reckon the modern day one said with uh, you know the dodgy uh, the dodgy deals of Gubby and you know a few with Barmy and Ed getting one through the back door here and there. Maybe the untouched got a touch of the untouchables <laughs> about them, haven't they? They Colin, certainly they do. Sort of mafia type looking uh, yeah. men hanging around the fringes of the club. <laughs> Right. Sort of Ed is Elliot Ness. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it. The Untouchables, but yeah. it was a yeah. No, you go on. No, no, that was it. I was just, <laughs> good, uh, mate. I was just going to say, cracking game last night. I mean, how long are we going to have absolutely entertaining contests from Hawthorne and Geelong? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was an incredible game of footy, and uh, boiled down to the very last play of the game. Doesn't happen very often in footy that the last play of the game is the uh, you know decides the result. I reckon maybe one or two games a year that happens. So to have it in a final was absolutely unbelievable. I thought it just ebbed and flowed that game at stages. I thought Geelong were cooked and gone, and then all of a sudden they'd come back. And then I thought Hawthorne were gone, but uh, all of the good players played well, and uh, it was an exciting finish. Isaac Smith, I thought at the end, watched it really closely. Number one, I thought he rushed. You know, the umpire actually said something to him. I couldn't quite hear what it was, whether the umpire said, you've still only got your 30 or whatever it was. I wasn't sure, but I thought after the sign, you could take as long as you wanted. But I thought he rushed. Um, I thought he didn't go back as far as he normally goes for his run-up because he was consumed talking to people around him and he forgot about that. Um, So there's a couple of things that he... I reckon he didn't normally do, didn't do that he would do normally uh, in missing that mm. kick. Yeah, yeah, interesting, mate. Did you ever dob one after the siren for the win? No, I didn't. Mm. Never had that. Uh, never had that opportunity. Mm. But uh, what a, what an opportunity it was! I mean, it was a pretty easy kick, thirty-five metres out, directly in front. But he did just look a little um, disturbed with it all to me. He didn't mm. look as comfortable as he as he normally would. Tough spot to be in. Do the dogs have a chance next week? Um, look, I think they do. They mm-hmm. used a lot of energy, uh, number one, getting to Perth, number two, the great game that they played, and now they've got to confront Hawthorne. Um, I, think they're, I think they're a pretty good chance. So I, I, I really do. I reckon it's a, it's a 60-40 game, Hawthorne's way, as it stands at the moment. So see how the dogs pull up. But, yeah, they've, got a, they've got, definitely got a good chance. And quickly a tip for the remaining finals. The Swans and the Giants at ANZ at 3.20. GWS might get that one, so uh, you know we're going to have the that final, the following final next week will be played Saturday night in Sydney, Seb. So whichever of those Sydney teams loses, will be playing the Saturday night in Sydney, and then it depends on whether it's ANZ or the SCG as to who the team is. So I think uh, GWS will win that, and I think Adelaide will absolutely trounce North Melbourne. I'm going over for that game uh, this afternoon over at the Adelaide Oval. Look forward to it, mate. Good to chat. Good to see you. And that music on the M's can only mean one thing, that Chanel Vella from Channel 10 has walked into the studio. Morning, Chanel. Good morning. Now, Chris Scott, last night, I wanted to play you this because uh, there was an expression he used that really caught my ear. He's won the game. It's been a a terrific event. It's the last kick of the siren. Isaac Smith misses it and uh, completely turns around his afternoon. And here's how he described it. You can have a stinky day and one moment changes everything. Have you ever had a stinky day where a moment has just brought you up? I have stinky days all the time. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. I work in crime, so what right. I do day to day isn't 
overly exciting. Mm, it's not, uh, you know, here's the latest graduating class of the guide dog school. That's right. Mm. But that was an epic win. Mm. But I'm about the small wins. Okay. So for me, it could be just... I've happened to pass a McDonald's on the way home <laughs> and I'm in the drive-thru loving it. What's your little menu item of choice? It's a standard order. Mm-hmm. Medium chicken meal with extra chicken sauce on the side. Uh, I Boom. reckon uh, you and Brendan Favola out here might have something in common too <laughs> because he's a McChicken operator. Quite famously declared on the Howie games he had two before his big haul on the Millennium game. I applaud that. <laughs> I applaud that behaviour, absolutely. Yep. No, it can happen though. And, you know, the day can be going really, really badly and then just a small couple of seconds can turn things around. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes an, an embrace. <laughs> yes, just, yes. Just a, From a, the right person. From the right person. Mm. Sometimes just a bad, stinky day yep. and you get a hug or perhaps Seb Costello. A little kiss. I see where you're going with this. A little kiss. Yeah, I, <laughs> I see where you're going from this. Look, I would usually prefer a kiss from a female admirer. I'm not here to pass judgment. <laughs> but this did you did see this, didn't you? I did. Uh, I was yeah okay. So just to set the scene, I was down at the CUB or anti CUB rally by the unions this week. And I was doing the piece to camera for those people who might not know. It's perhaps some would suggest the favourite part of the day for a TV journalist. Sure. You know, it's the part where you're actually, it's you on the screen yeah. and you're talking. Get your head on telly. That's, that's look, that's, it's not what we do it for, but it's a little added extra. Sure. Anyway, so I'd set up this beautiful piece to camera down at Southern Cross Station where I was standing at the foot of the stairs and the the workers, the union protesters, were coming over the staircase. It was almost reminiscent of the Lion King, <laughs> Simba, and the animals That's running it. up the horizon. Yep. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, it, I loved it. It looked great. And, um, you know, standing and delivering, here's the unions, and they're marching on Spring Street. And as I come to the climatic finish, I feel a pair of lips on my cheek. Yeah. I'm thinking, is it one of the, uh, you know, one of the protesters who's come to get stuck into me? And I'm tensed up a little bit, Charnel. Sure. I said, look, am I going to have to give them a left in uh, Middle Camberwell or a right in Camberwell Junction? We'll sort <laughs> of work like that out. like a butterfly, if you will, sir. <laughs> and I turned to it and it's one of my, well, beloved rivals, really, Michael Scanlon of Channel 7. That guy. That guy. And had completely ruined what was an almost Rembrandt-like piece to camera. <laughs> and for what those- are you laughing at, Hyphen? <laughs> what are you giggling at? Nothing. Just oh. the fact that you thought you'd, you'd punch out one of the CB workers if it was the case. <laughs> I don't think you, I think you would have been running pretty fast the other direction. Uh, that might be the case. But yeah, so it's on Instagram. You can take a look at it. Did you see uh, Tony Jones commented on the Instagram post? I did. Controversial. <laughs> I did. I liked it though. I it's liked very it. sharp. TJ's gone with, uh, so Michael's kissed me on the cheek and TJ's gone with, I'd like to see Michael try that on Beck Judd. I'm not even commenting on that. <laughs> Hang on. So, 13353, sometimes a stinky day can be changed with a moment, or as uh, Chris Scott might put it, uh, you can hear from the great Geelong coach who started this conversation in his press conference last night after they got over the Hawks by just a couple of points. It uh, was uh, just an expression that caught my ear hyphen. You can have a stinky day, and one moment changes everything. 13353, what was your moment? where a stinky day turned around, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Seb Costello 9. And I just made a very interesting discovery. Who's your footy team? We're doing this now. Well, you I just said we would wait for okay. another week well, and you've outed me. No, I haven't outed you. Okay. I'm asking an innocent question. No, I don't know the answer to it. I just need to set this up very quickly then. I'll be yeah. very quick. Father is Maltese. Mother is Sri Lankan. Football wasn't a big part of my childhood home. Mm. 
I don't have a football team. What? I don't have a football team. You know what? I like... <laughs> Thank I'm you for... scared. I'm even scared to leave the building and walk to my car <laughs> after this. No, I reckon next week we're going to put it over to the Triple M audience to make their pitch to you as to what team you should go for. I like it. Yeah? Okay. All right. We'll All file right. that one away. Now, the uh, we mentioned before the break that uh, we were talking, when has your stinky day been changed by a single moment? Won't have time for the callers, but Simo's tweeted in, a bad day recently was made all the better. I'm a Richmond supporter. Things were going badly until I heard Tyrone Vickery was going to be traded. <laughs> Is that a pitch? That's, uh, well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> he's saying you can now come on board. Although uh, this was all prompted too by um, me getting kissed on the cheek by Michael Scanlon, the Channel 7 reporter at the CUB rally. Because they're, what are they threatening? That we're going to have perhaps beer shortages? Beer shortages. <sighs> Tell you what, that's enough to put shivers through some people. Absolutely. We're heading into footy finals. Will it be Coronas? Yep. That was the talk. Right, okay. What will you do if there is no VB? There's got to be some craft beers or something we can lean on. Do people want craft beers? Yeah, that's true. During footy finals. You just want the standard. <laughs> you do you drink beer? Oh, every... I'm... Proving myself to be very un-Australian. So, <laughs> no. Uh, no you, being honest, that's Australian. I love a pie. Yep. Uh, good. Yep. Solid. All over that. Yep. A beers, yep, good. Mm. Maybe we'll have to pitch beers that go with a footy team. The whole package. The whole package. All right. Yeah, we'll get you, we'll get you triple immunized yes, next week. Give me the whole team, the beer, everything. <laughs> I look forward to that. All righty. Well, you have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You too. Sean Vella, the star of the Channel 10 News team, the crime reporter. What's, uh, is Karen Rostevsky still the biggest story? It's very much, it's, it's everywhere at the moment. Mm. Everyone's still talking about it. But the truth is we just really don't know what's happened, do we? So we sort of back off a little bit? Or I think, yeah, I think yep. that's what we have to do. We have to back off and just let the police do their job at this point in time. Mm. I think that's a very good thing. So enjoy the afternoon, Hyfe. We've got Sydney and the GWS coming up first. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, the Crows and the Roos. And there's one more game that we shouldn't forget either. Yes, I'll be going there tonight. Amy Park, Melbourne Storm, the North Queensland Cowboys. An exceptional franchise, the Melbourne Storm. Yep. You're going along. I'm going to be there. A rugby league man. Sold out. No, well, I'm going to go buy some Husqvarna ride-on mowers. Have you ever ridden a ride-on mower? I have. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? One thing I've done. Yeah. <laughs> done that. It is. She'll be going to buy the equipment, then you'll pay someone to actually use That's it. That's not the case. <laughs> I think it is. Right? I am going to look forward to getting a Husqvarna chainsaw between I'll my fingers. I'll believe that when I see it. All right, I'm going to bring a photo in. We'll get you a football team and me a chainsaw. Yes, I'm loving it. <laughs> That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Triple M's weekend breakfast host Seb Costello is a mad keen green thumb. Gets all his gardening equipment same place as the pros. Husqvarna, ready when you are.